Single simulcast episode two sixty. Um, Shantae's here. Uh, we're joined by two luminaries and and, and Scar. Um, so Scar's here. Um, I'm not. I'm not luminescent. No, because you're always here. We always call the folks who haven't been here in a while luminaries. You're just like a, another co-host. Really? More or less. I received that, brother. Thank you. Um, <laughs> so today. <laughs> We are joined by Sam and by Terrence, and I think we'll go with Terrence first, because, yeah, even, we've had Sam on the show before, it was just like years ago. Like, I think the last time I had you on the show, we were talking about how Satan spits that hot fire that long ago, like 200 episodes ago. Gee, that that was a long time ago. Right? Yeah. Back then, everybody was friends. Um... Hey, somebody else is still alive. <laughs> right? So, Terrence, tell them something about yourself. Tell them something about your show. The floor is yours. Oh, very good. I am uh, the internet's Tayrell 713. No one calls me Terrence. Everybody calls me T at the maximum. Terrence always sounds a little too, uh, I don't Company. know. I don't want to call it that. That seems kind of disrespectful to my mama. But... <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's, it's unnecessary. So we don't say in the world calls me T. Or it's, and, and, and I call myself Tayrell713. So that's what that is. I am the host of the Stays Crunchy and Milk podcast. Stays Crunchy and Milk. I love that name. The tag for that show is it's the podcast you and your friends would make if you weren't so lazy. Mm. <laughs> it is uh, it is literally me and uh, uh, three of my, my, my Titus and we sit around just discussing our life's events and uh, a lot of times eating cookies like any Oreo that come out we test Man. and uh, and discuss uh, from around the country and at this point around the world we've had listeners who hit us up and be like hey man this showed up in our neck of the woods uh, do, you, do you guys need it and I'm like yes we do and uh, they've hooked us up so that's pretty dope okay what's your number one variant uh, the, the best of all the Oreos wait hands wait, down wait. I know this I know this hold on all right Ah, uh, shit, y'all were just talking about it. It wasn't apple pie. Like, everybody else liked apple pie. Um. Hell no. God damn it. Ah! I knew this. Alright, go ahead. If the answer is anything other than birthday cake, we have problems. The top of the ladder, best Oreo in the game, is the Fruity Pebble Oreo. What the fuck? What? Yeah. <laughs> I ain't never seen that shit before. Of course, see there you go. You know what I'm saying, I'm telling you right now, it, it was a limited edition. They carried it at Wegmans, if I'm not mistaken, which is a, a yeah, Coast yeah. Groceries chain. Yeah, I ain't no Wegmans around here, but I've, I've I've heard of them. And I had to go on a road trip to get them motherfuckers, and I did. And they were the greatest of all the Oreos we've tested, and we have tested a lot of Oreos. What one? Okay, did they have like was the the Filling like was it between a chocolate cookie or a golden cookie? Did any, did any of y'all try the uh, the uh, the rice crispy one that they had out? No, no, well, yeah, I've never seen okay. that. Like I feel like I'm missing. I feel like I'm missing out on a lot. Like, so the right, so the rice crispy one was all, was 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 a king, was the champ because it literally popped in milk. You know what I'm saying? Like rice krispies do. Yeah. So the fruity the fruity pebbles one was just pretty much that with fruity pebbles instead of rice krispies. So it was gold. Go, so, it was a gold. So Oreo. so yeah, go, golden Oreo. 
cream filling, and in that cream filling was uh, fruity pebbles. Uh, they called it. They called it fruity rice cereal because I don't think they had the fruity pebbles uh, brand name uh, uh, licensed. Okay. I think we need to hey. all take time out for a collective nigga. That <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, like I've never heard of either of these. I feel fucking, I, I feel deprived. Like I'm like, like it's, I mean, I'm a, I'm a fat nigga. Like yo, son, I, I'm, I'm looking at this from the perspective of like there's Oreos I haven't tried, and I am really fucking upset about this right now. Like I just, I just. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I mean, I like, I like birthday cake, and my second favorite is cinnamon roll. But I mean, but I ain't got no fucking fruity pebbles. This is some fucking bullshit. I am perturbed. Here, I'm gonna run down a quick. Uh, I, I got, a, I got a list of pretty much the ones we we uh, we have tried. Well, I'm okay. missing a few. So here we go, run through them, and you, and, uh, you tell me if you came across these in your in your, in your in anywhere in your neck of the woods. Uh, toasted coconut Oreos. I've seen them, never, never tried them. I don't, okay. like co- I don't like coconut. Chocolate strawberry Oreos. Yep, seen them. Those are, those are good. Those okay. are good. I like them. Brownie batter Oreos. No, that's I've heard of chocolate. them. Got, yeah, that's like way it. too much chocolate. S'mores. I've uh, seen them. Salmon Orlando. Right. Root beer float. Never heard, heard about it, but it just made I, like I've never. Even, even right now, making the face like nigga. Like, I've never been a root beer guy. Before we go any further, I just want to say that there's different levels of the word nigga. You're going to hear them all today. That first nigga was excited. <laughs> that nigga right there was disgusted. Like, Let me man. tell you something. Root beer float was the truth. It really? had a slight it had a slight tongue tickle like it was actual fizzy root beer. The flavor was spot on and dipping it in milk just made that bitch like a root beer float. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, that shit was so official. Nigga, I'm like, yo, he's talking about tongue tickle and shit. I'm like, yo, this is a real fucking like expertise right now. He is like the truth, dog. When it comes to cookies, I trust his judgment damn near implicitly. At this point, we done ate so many, I have to be able to be able, I don't know, to be a bit verbose, if you will, so I can tell a motherfucker what I'm trying to tell you. He's like, the, he's like the dude who showed up at the door in Half-Baked talking about weed, nigga. What you do? Go to Oreo <laughs> College, nigga? Like... <laughs> uh, what's one? Oh, here, this is the one right here. This is the one that, 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 that would, would, would fuck people up, though. Swedish Fish Oreos. Yeah. I have, I've seen a picture of them online. I have never seen them in a store. So those, the, the, what they did here, and I don't understand why, they took chocolate Oreo cookies and sandwiched between it a red Swedish fish flavored cream. That shit tasted just like Swedish fish, but imagine a mouthful of Swedish fish and Oreo. No, that does not sound good. Mm-hmm. It is not. It is. It was not pleasant. It was interesting. It was. It's, a, it's, it sounds like some shit my daughter would love. Like she's the type that we go to like Sweet Frog or somewhere like that. And she just puts a whole bunch of fucking candy inside of the ice cream, and I'm like, "What the fuck are you doing?" She's putting in like nerds. <laughs> she put like nerds and shit in the ice cream. I'm like, "What the fuck are you doing to your ice cream?" Fruity Crisp Oreos. I want these. So good, so good, man. I wish they. I, I wish they would ju- come back out again. Uh, well, most recently we tested. Pictures. All right, keep going. Uh, most recently we tested uh, PB and J. Yeah, that's one I heard uh, on, on the recent fa- episode. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Ended up being great, and we also tested what fuck else did we just test? This? I want to say something after that. Oh, apple pie, which is a Target's uh, Target's exclusive here for the fall. Yeah, and mighty good. 
Gotta give it up to them. They got they got they 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 hit all the flavor notes just so. So I was impressed. I'm going to Target before Armor show up. So I I, I'm I'm saying so amongst the things we do, you know, saying we chat about life. Almost all of us are parents and uh, got ladies and shit. Except for except for my one dude box who's a single dude about town and. we just, you know, talk about life and our, our daily operation, and every now and again we test some interesting food. <laughs> That's is he, is, well, let me ask you this. Is he single by choice, or mm-hmm. single because he doesn't want to choose? Like, do y'all get to live vicariously through his exploits? No. He is he is, he is, he is, he is single because he's just single at this point in time. He's been trying to get his, he's been trying to get everything in a row. He's trying to get all his life right, so he got to, he got to, I'm telling you right now, the plan is working. I, I got to respect him for it. So he has, like, re, so he has really bad credit. That's no, that's the point. He had, he had no credit, but that's just because he didn't have credit. So he got his credit together. Okay. He he got a whip. He bought a house. Now he's now he's now he's uh hitting the gym and trying to lose some weight. He is getting his shit together. He's and his, I can't I can't knock him for it. His life credit is about to be like nine eighty in a couple months. That's what he's saying. <laughs> like right now he's a steady seven forty, but he's about to go past white folk credit and into luminary. So I I, 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 I I you can't knock it when it works so well, right? I got an application in the mail. Oh, I was so happy. I, I I didn't even do anything with it. I just kept the application. American Express Black Card. Nice. Sent me a request like you're pre-approved for this. And I was like, ah! <laughs> Mama, I made it! <laughs> oh, I got the legendary. I was so happy. Oh, I didn't apply for it because their credit limit is like it wasn't just that. I would have applied for it, but the annual fees behind it are like crazy. I think it's like $300 a year for their annual fee yeah. or something like that. Oh, wow. Make them say, uh. Like, I, if, if I'm buying no a limit. Car, if I'm getting a card just for uh, just for the status of it, I don't want it to be taking money out of my pocket every single year. So sure. we said no. Give um, me that black card. Yeah, RT. Sorry. T, All good. Where can they find your show at? Uh, yeah, of course, at the website stagecrunchymilk.com. Uh, uh, on Twitter, it's uh, Skimpod, S K I M P O D. On Facebook, it's uh, same thing, S K I M P O D. Uh, we're on iTunes. Oh, forgive me, uh, Apple Podcasts. We no longer call it iTunes. It's on <laughs> Stitcher, it's on Google, it's on TuneIn, it's everywhere. You got you helped me get it on TuneIn back in the day Man. when I got it up on TuneIn. So right? it is, it is, it is everywhere podcasts should be. Uh, and uh, you should probably be getting down with that. It comes out every Thursday, and uh, without pretty much without fail. So, hell y'all, honestly, yeah. like I, I love the conciseness of the single simulcast intro, but there's nothing quite like this. There's two podcasts that the intro just gets me amped up every single time. One is Father Teresa's Wine Cellar uh, because they play. A, lar- a, a bite from uh, Higher Learning when Ice Cube is like, who you think on this school, this country, you? They play that part and it's dope. Um, and the stays crunchy because they have Captain Crunch. <laughs> they have his voice or you have somebody doing his voice in the background. Stays crunchy in milk and it's just best thing so i mean the the show itself is is absolutely phenomenal 
But well, thank you for that. I'm I, I'm out here. I'm out here trying. So I feel you. <laughs> um, and we're joined by Sam, who, uh, I mean, some of the greatest podcasts that I've ever done. Sam was on it. <laughs> Sam uh, was the host of Geeks with Color uh, with the homeboy Q. Sam, Believe it or not, he's still around. We just don't ever really do post anything. anything. But uh, yeah, uh, we actually have one that's in the uh, need to be edited. We did it at the beginning of holy crap, we did it. Joe, you did it about a month ago, but yeah, I've just been too lazy you know, to do anything with it. Please put a show out. Yeah, I, I actually, I'm actually holding on to a show that I did with Howard that I don't want to put out. Uh, I ain't too proud to beg, Sam. Just put the damn show out. <laughs> I know that feeling. Put it out. I'll, don't do, I'll do it at some point. Yeah. Sam? That's <laughs> put the fucking show out, Sam. Don't make me have to cut at you. You're good people <laughs> and I don't like it. <laughs> All right. Cool. I'll do that. Now, tell folks about yourself. Floor is yours. Uh, well, what do you want? What do y'all want to know? An open book. Okay. Nigga, you like wrestling. Tell people how much you like wrestling. Well, I was going to get to that. I mean, when we talked about the WrestleCast, you know. Tell See? something about yourself, nigga. See? Yeah. It's rare that I get to call Sam nigga either. Okay. Tell him. <laughs> Tell him. So I live in Texas. Um, I've been podcasting for many, many years. I mean, he uh, He's just a nigga who can swim. All right. So... <laughs> Anyway, um, so yeah, I used to write for uh, TalkingAboutGames.com. I used to write for TheMerryGamers.com or .net. And there was one other one. Oh, uh, oh they keep changing their name, I think. Anyway, so no, I, I've been around the video game world for a long time. I met Scar, actually, through, uh, through this one show that uh, in our hearts and minds doesn't really exist anymore. Hell no. <laughs> okay. Hell but, no. Uh, we 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 don't um we don't discuss such things. Okay, yeah. I don't give a fuck about you in Baltimore. Keep telling your story. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So yeah, so I met Scar through there. We started playing on Xbox Live, and then through there I met various other people, and then you know things started cracking after that. But yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Damn. T came with a list of great cookies. You come with a person you can't say by name, like you just gonna pop up out the mirror and slit your throat. No, it's a return of the black hand side too. Oh yeah. So <laughs> school just started. Everybody celebrate quietly. Um, your kids are getting damn. I don't get no intro. And nigga. And nigga. And nigga. Two wow. Two days, people. Kid Austin went to school on Wednesday. He came home on Friday with the fundraiser paper. Nigga, I'ma tell you, my shit, my shit started yesterday. Yesterday, I got the fucking fundraiser. She started on Tuesday. On Thursday, I got the fucking fundraiser. Yo, I'ma tell you, Baltimore County schools are on some real fuck shit. Like they about to start calling niggas, telling people they did because they are on some real fuck shit. All they do is fucking fundraisers all year long, and I'm and every time I get sent the fundraiser because of course. I live in Richmond, so I get sent the fundraiser. It's like, okay, what the fuck is the fundraiser for? I hey, don't know. Scar. They just gave us a fucking fundraiser. Hey, Scar, you like, know how to you know how to get out of those fundraisers? I got an excellent got an excellent way. No, actually, see, here's the worst part <laughs> about the fundraisers. Most of the time, I don't fucking do anything. But my daughter's also a Girl Scout, so I gotta buy a 
ton of Girl Scout cookies next month also. This is some bullshit. Michael can't do the fundraiser because... See? <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to start telling these niggas I'm a Jehovah's Witness. Like, nobody questions when you say you're Jehovah's Witness. Like, nobody questions whether you don't do shit because you're Jehovah's Witness. So I'm about to use that. I'm just saying. I wow. barely had enough time to enjoy him not being there when he came home and was like, we're selling popcorn. And I was are, like, y'all, are y'all doing Claire's? Nah, Popcornopolis. And I was like, what do you mean we? <laughs> this ain't no collective. Uh, he looked at me like, like, like the thing. You speak French now? The thing, right? <laughs> like he swore that I was going to just take this paper and take it to work with me. Little does he know, I don't give a fuck about my coworkers. So I don't want to talk to him. <laughs> I don't want to do fundraisers. This is not my job. My parents, our parents will kick us out the house and be like, go door to door. And you'd make it three doors over with that box of chocolates that the school gave you and hide behind the tree and eat all the fucking chocolate and then panic. No, here's here's the problem with my shit. The whole Claire's thing that they normally go to in Baltimore County, you don't actually have to go uh, you don't have to actually get it directly from the child. The child gives you the information you order online and they'll just ship to you. So, like, I can't even get out that way. Like, I'm not in Baltimore. I can't sign up for this shit. Great for me. Nope. Here's the online link. <laughs> so, so you, can put, you can go buy some shit. Buy some 14 fucking dollar gourmet popcorn. Shante, is it fundraising season? Not yet. Lucky. Well, wait, no, no, no. It is, but it's a different kind of thing, and it's something that they haven't ever done before. It's not one of those things where you got to go around and, and pass shit out, or and like you know, have people buy like popcorn and bullshit candles and whatever, whatever. It's not that. It's some type of thing where I think if you shop online, that by you shopping online, it you know funnels a percentage or something to the kid or to like, the school like, like, the, Am- like, like the Amazon charities type don't. yeah yeah it's something it's something okay. like that but it's nothing that I, we, they haven't ever done before so I don't really understand how it works I do know that my mother-in-law bought something so that was dope because I got an email saying that she had bought some shit so I was just like oh well that's cool she shopped online and that helped but yeah I have no idea really how it works mama you know I love you Cause See, I ain't is it fundraising season yet? Yeah, yeah. My my son came home. Well, no, they had an open house and they had it, had it directly to me for. Uh, he's in eighth grade this year, so he's. Uh, they're going to DC in the spring. Oh, yeah, I'll feel that. So, so, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. You said they gave you this shit at the open house of school. Or are they open yet? No, well, yeah, I mean, no. That, that, that's yeah. school starts. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, it's one of them. Okay, around here they do the open houses before no, that's school orientation. starts. Open houses? No, no, no. They call it open houses sometimes. Yeah, I would think it's the same. It's it's just it happens at a different time. I would think that that's open house too. It's just obviously Man, not after the school up, starts. Though. First of all, at open house, you just expecting to meet your kids' teacher face to face. You ain't. I did. You ain't going there to get a job. I did, and then, he, and then he handed me a packet of paperwork and said, "Oh, this is for the DC trip." And I'm like, oh, "Okay, so this is just a no, no, and I guess amongst everybody." <laughs> what if I didn't did did know that? What if I didn't know that they, they that they go to DC in the eighth grade? Now I do know that. Whatever, whatever. Well, what if I didn't? 
Now you do. <laughs> Why don't you just tell me how much the shit costs so I don't have to spend fourteen that, fucking dollars that, on popcorn? Pretty much how it's going down because they, it's like like the first payment is due in like November or some shit, and like they basically they said the whole thing is like four seventy five, and I'm like yeah. I would just get you. I would just get you that together and let you just take it to school and be done because that way you ain't got to do the rest of this. But, mm-hmm. but I know the fundraising ain't just for him. It's looking out for kids who ain't got, you know what I'm saying, who mom or daddy. May not be able to put them on. And uh, so, I so I, I got, I got, I, I, will, I will most likely try to, uh, if I can, just try to provide for another, at least one more kid in his class. You walked that in way. there and they, was, they handed you the fundraiser paper and you was like, "I, right, hey, we just gonna go ahead and give you the money straight out." And they turned on fucking Sarah McLaughlin and me. For seventy five cents a day, and we can see the kids in there. With uh, it doesn't, high water pants it came out of nowhere, came from underneath the desk and shit. <laughs> Like it doesn't specifically say how much it says around four hundred seventy five dollars. So that's a make. That's not even an official. I'd like you to meet Thomas. Thomas. They get pictures of Thomas and shit. Like, (laughs) they start fundraising for Thomas. We'll send you a picture each month of his grade report. There would have been no way in back in the day I would have been able to go to DC. My mama couldn't afford it. Right. So the fact that I can and 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 like I said, if I pay my kid off now, I can probably tuck away a couple of bucks every here and there for the rest of the and make sure some kid do get to go. Oh, I yeah, can for sure. I mean it's all fine and dandy right now until you find out that his daddy ain't really dead. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh um shit. But like people, that's what call back. Okay. <laughs> hey. well, actually, the people who ain't on the Patreon have no idea what we're talking. Yeah, about. like we making making shit, making hey. dad ain't dead jokes. Hey, <laughs> all you gotta do is donate five dollars for real. If you put five dollars on the Patreon, I will find those fucking fruity crisp Oreos. I swear to God, if you get on the Patreon, I'll hunt those bastards down. If you get on the Patreon, Rashani will come give you the whoopee fingers. <laughs> I don't think my wife will allow that. I think wow. she wants them first. Um, wow. Actually, the whoopee fingers. Never mind. You know what? Um, the whoopee fingers, the whoopee fingers will keep your dick from being broke again. So here's the problem with fundraisers when we were kids was the fact that, like I said before, I would make it like uh, two houses over. Or back when we were doing fundraisers, they give it to us in the fall. Like it wasn't right at school starting. It was oh. right around winter. So it would get dark early. Or it would just simply rain all the time. And I didn't want to go outside in the rain, but I was hungry. And I was too young to be able to cook my own food because I didn't want to. I mean, top ramen, yeah, I could have done that. But really, no. Uh, A tortilla with cheese rolled up in it, I could have done that. But why would I do all that when sitting right next to me is a box full of Nestle Crunch? Oh, you had like real, like actual Nestle Crunch? Yes. Oh, see, that's dope though, because man, they they got the kids selling like I don't know what is it, world's best chocolate or something. That's what they sell now, and it's like different, you know, it's different flavors and shit. But but it's it's got the crunch version. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like nobody nobody wants that for a dollar. Well, you know what I did want for a dollar? I wanted the Twix bars that they had inside of that motherfucker. And so I had a dollar, and so I bought myself a Twix bar. 
You had a dollar. You had a dollar. <laughs> you had a dollar. And you I had felt a dollar. Hey, 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 hey. A Twix bar, and I put my dollar into the envelope, and I was my first customer. I was my own first customer, and I felt responsible as hell. And so I just knew that I'd be able to get another dollar somewhere. And so about 30 <laughs> minutes later, I ate my second Twix bar and left myself a note. <laughs> <laughs> An IOU. Yes. <laughs> And that's how you end up $50 in a hole. I swear the 10 crack commandments were for candy sales. For fun for <coughs> fundraising. See, that reminds me of like what I was telling you about the Starburst. Like I can't just I gotta pace myself or else I'm sitting there looking like you eating fifty, you know, be fifty dollars in a hole with Starburst. I don't even know what to call it now. Crisscross applesauce. I was sitting in a corner, crisscross applesauce, double fisting chocolate like just going to town and then at the end of it it, it's like the only thing I could uh, really liken it to as an adult as as an adult male I don't know about ladies if there's something different please don't let me know because I don't want to get caught with that in my DMs but it's a lot like after you get done jacking off and you realize what the fuck you're watching and you just feel shame like just Ugh. Nigga, didn't we just have this conversation? That's how I felt after I got done eating that chocolate. And I looked at that box and realized I'd eaten the whole box. Wait, we just had this conversation, didn't we? Shut the fuck up, Scar. No. Oh, oh, it was on the phone. My bad. It wasn't on the podcast. My bad. Damn it, Scar. He's the ombudsman of the dream team, ladies and gentlemen. This is his job. You're he welcome. And, and, and thank you for talking about the dream team, because I didn't get to talk about it myself, because you totally fucking skipped me over at the beginning of the show. All right, go ahead and tell him something about yourself. No, it's too fucking late now. Mm. I'm already upset about the fruity fucking pebbles. I got excited. I, I searched for it. I saw that they had them on Amazon, and then I click on the Amazon link, and it says, currently unavailable. You motherfuckers. Hmm. That's unfortunate. So, it's it's super unfortunate because I really want something. I like really fucking want some. This is totally unfair. Are you gonna be okay? Do you want to talk about it? No, now that we're done. I just want I just want to eat the cookies. Like, what are I, you thinking? No. Okay. I really just want to eat the cookies at this point, man. and they look like they're double stuffed too. Just just open. Huh? No. Okay. Fine. I'll just. Go on. Uh, voicemail number 916-572-9016. Email address is singlesimulcast at gmail.com. Um, Shantae can be found on Twitter at Shantae Fabulous, no underscore. The show can be found on Twitter at Single Simulcast. I can be found on Twitter at Rashani. Uh, T can be found on Twitter at Tayrell613. 7-1-3-7-1-3-7-1-3-7-1-3-7-1-3-7-1-3-7-1-3-7-1-3-7-1-3-7-1-3-7-1-3-7-1-3-7-1-3-7-1-3-7-1-3-7-1-3-7-1-
So you get mad that they know you. I ought to be like, thanks. Here's my Patreon. They don't know me. So what? You're a Scarfinger. Make a Patreon or else make a PayPal and send them to it. That's a good fucking idea. Duh. Let's do that. If I had somebody, if people were hitting me up like Rashani, <laughs> I loved you on Oprah Winfrey. Thanks. Here's my PayPal. It's like, you love my music, huh? You want to hear more of it? Huh? 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 I got exclusive <laughs> music just sent to my PayPal. And then when they don't get it, they'll sue him. Yeah. I got exclusive tracks in my logic right now. All you got to do, hit up the PayPal. Ten bucks a month, you get all the free music you... Oh my God, I signed up for MoviePass. I signed up for MoviePass.com. I got my card in the mail today. As soon as we finish this show, I'm going to the fucking movies for free. I'm going to see it. What are you going to see? It. It what? What are you, what are you seeing? It. Okay, don't answer my question, jerk. <laughs> the password isn't it. Yeah. The password is what? The password is what? <laughs> so what's the password? That's right. <laughs> we gotta make the password something we gonna remember. What if I just tap your shoulder? Now it's gotta be something that the honeys won't catch. I think the password <laughs> should be what? Yeah, what? Yeah. What? Yeah. What, nigga? Yeah, exactly. So, what's the password? That's right. No, what's the password? You got it. No, but what's the password? You got it, bro. But, uh, no, 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 no. I don't think you hear me. I'm saying, what's the password? Exactly. Are you just going to keep skipping out on my question? I'm asking you, what's the password? That's exactly it. But... So you're telling me that what's the password? Mm-hmm. But I'm asking you what's the password? Exactly. But you're not... <laughs> I don't think that's ever going to get old. <laughs> the thing is, the thing is, on the best way to make it go even further is when they're like, exactly. You're like, exactly the password? No. Then what's the password? Right. <laughs> <laughs> you can do that back and forth for days. Um, let me see what else. What else? Uh, oh yeah. So speaking of Patreon and PayPal, www.patreon.com/singlesimulcast um, is the Patreon. Uh, you can get exclusive shows and stuff there for five dollars. It's not like exclusive shows. It's episode. It's like a thirty-minute pre-show. Uh, that we did before this show. Um, and then we do Q&A. We were supposed to do one last week, but with the news about Kojak, we just couldn't. Um, yeah, and these jerks called me, these jerks called me that night, and I thought they, want, they were going to do a show, and then they didn't even fucking tell me. I found out. I, I found out through Howard. No, no. You found out because I made a post on Facebook and Rachel responded to it and you saw it. No, 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 no. Howard sent me a message and that's when I saw the post. I thought that the other guy had passed because I didn't really read the post. I just kind of skimmed through it. You know, I'm black. Um, I 
And so I didn't even think anything else about it because I didn't really know the other guy very well. So I'm just kind of like, okay. And then Howard sent me a message and I went back and read the, and, and then read your post. Yeah. And that's what happened. Yeah. That was, that was a very, uh, interesting conversation. Bruh. Yeah. Um, Oh, I should have I said nigga. You said that there was going to be a lot of versions of the word nigga in this show. I should have said nigga. That was a bad. That was a bad move on my part. Let me see. I'm over here talking to both of you guys, and I'm on mute. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! I've done that. I've done that so many times on the Dream Team. Like I was dropping so many like joke bombs, and I'm like, why is nobody listening to me at all? Like nobody's responding to this really funny thing that I think I'm saying, and like it's just nothing. And then, and then come to find out, they just don't care. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> no, like I, it's been a while since I used Skype, so I forgot how it works. So, a woman had to be rescued by firefighters after getting stuck in a window while trying to remove her own shit, all while at the home of a Tinder date. Yep. The self-proclaimed amateur gymnast had been at a romantic meal at Nando's with student Liam Smith, 24, before they went back to his place in Bristol for a nightcap. But a bizarre chain of events unfolded after she went to the toilet and blocked it. In a panic, she picked up the shit and threw it out the window. But it (laughs) fell down into a narrow gap between the two window panes. She had no choice but to confess to Mr. Smith, who bravely helped lower her out of the bathroom window into the gap between the houses in an attempt to retrieve it, which is when she got stuck. <laughs> After getting wet upside down in the gap, she had to be rescued by firefighters who were called to Smith's house. This motherfucker has now launched a GoFundMe page to replace the broken window. <laughs> which raised 300 pounds in the first three hours. How many pounds did he need? <laughs> Recounting I just want to know, like, I just want to know, like, what was his plans afterwards? Was he still going to hit it? Well, yeah, look at all the shit they've been through. Recounting literally. Hilarious literally. <laughs> Smith, a postgraduate student studying sociology, said, I recently took a girl I met on Tinder to Nando's. We had a lovely evening and enjoyed each other's company very much. After our meal, we went back to my house for a bottle of wine and a Scientology document documentary. I, I guess that's Netflix and chill. About an hour into Louis Theroux and chill, my date got up to use the toilet. She returned with a panicked look in her eye and told me she had something to tell me. I went for a poo in your toilet, she told me, and it would not flush. She continued, I don't know why I did this, but I panicked. I reached into the toilet bowl, wrapped it in tissue paper, and threw it out of the window. Mr. Smith said that he told his date that they would go out to the garden, retrieve the poo, and pretend the whole sorry affair never happened, but then he realized the bathroom window doesn't open to the garden. He wrote on his GoFundMe. Instead, it opens to a narrow gap of about a foot and a half, separated from the outside world by another non-opening double-glazed window. It was into this twilight zone that my date had thrown her poo. Oh, 
As can be seen in the picture, the inside window opens at the top into the gap that is separated from the garden. Seeing only one solution, I messaged our house group chat and went upstairs to find a hammer and chisel to smash open the window. But Smith said his date had other ideas. Being an amateur gymnast, she was convinced that she could reach into the window and pull the poo out using the tried and tested inside-out bag as a glove technique. Unfortunately, she couldn't reach. She climbed further in and had the same problem. Eventually, I agreed to give her a boost up and into the window. She climbed in headfirst after her own turd, reached deeper into the window, bagged it up, and passed it out over the top and then back into the toilet. She called out to me to help her climb out from the window. I grabbed her waist and pulled, but she was stuck. So I called the fire brigade. When you exhale, I mean, really do something like, like seriously. And, oh, first of all, let's go back to this. Um, he raised 2000 pounds so far. Okay. So let's, 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 this is the only question that I have about this whole thing. Um, all of it's unfortunate. She should have just said fuck it and then not thought about the shit ever again. Literally. Um, but what is an amateur gymnast? Probably somebody who can do a few somersaults, a few cartwheels, you know. Somebody who's trying to get I mean, to forget she threw her shit out the window. Like she yeah. probably, you know, she probably did it. Like she's probably never like won a competition or entered a competition, but she probably could have. Like maybe she's like the Uncle Rico of gymnasts, you know. Like I bet you I could flip <laughs> over these mountains. Yeah, like, 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 uh, I've done a cartwheel. I've done a cartwheel or two in my life. Right. Like I can flip right over that mountain right there, bro. Right. I can't. Um. I can't. I can't. <clears throat> Y'all want Broad City? Broad yep. City. Broad City. On uh, Comedy Central. No. Like so, something like this happened on Broad City. So that's why this making so funny. It's so so. It's so goddamn sitcom. Like on episode, like episode of Broad City, the girl uh, was on a date. She went to the bathroom. But the power was out, and they sort of like, and, and like all the water they, was already out the toilet, so they couldn't flush. Because I guess the New York City apartments, something has something to do with the other. So, so she ended up calling her homegirl to come and to, to help in some way. And her girl ends up getting the shit, taking care of it, disposing of it. But then some uh, crazy other shit happens because sitcoms. And I'm just like, I have to laugh. Like, this is that's some sitcom ass shit that just went down. And now my man is about to be two thousand pounds richer for us. I guess that all works out. Yeah, yeah. Especially after the folks, uh, the window company said they'll fix it for free. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) you know, once you get to that certain level of fame, folks are like, "Yo, we'll take care of this shit for nothing." I mean, but let's be honest. I mean, that that, didn't that nigga succeed um, raising all that money on Kickstarter for one to make some good potato salad or some shit? True. A a dude (laughs) just raised a gang of money on uh. I think it was GoFundMe or one of them to feed his chicken addiction. (laughs) (laughs) Like, is that person frying their own chicken, or are they like going frying it? He's at like three thousand dollars so far. 
So he's going to Popeyes or churches or KFC or Bojangles or wherever there's you all, know, all of the above. Wherever chicken is, wherever you know, fried chicken is sold. Yeah. Wherever chickens are sold. And, really getting uh, that five dollar box. Oh, a white lady <laughs> got mad at him and said that it was money that could be used uh, towards. You know, you know how folks do. That's money that could be used to take care of folks with physical issues, and you're using it for chicken. You yeah, can complain about complain about it to the people who are actually paying me for this nonsense. And Don't complain to me. Um, and now, like, it's chicken. Yeah, like I put the shit on. I put the shit on GoFundMe. I didn't think nobody was really gonna pay me to go buy a whole bunch of fucking chicken. Because so nobody paid me to get my eggnog. Right. So why the so why the fuck would I think? Why the fuck would you be mad at me? Be mad at all the motherfuckers who donate. Nobody want to pay you for fucking eggnog. I'm a Let it go. To go fund me. I want that fucking. Let eggnog. it go. Yep. Somebody better pay me for that shit too. I swear to God. <laughs> I swear to God. This nigga muted his microphone and say on blood. Um, right, I would too because I'm blood. Y'all better pay for my shit. Of all the phrases that one might expect to find on, on a receipt, "Have a nice day" or "Come again," an insulting message is the last thing any customer wants to read. But a Panera bread worker is now out of a job after a customer said there was a strongly worded note left on her receipt. A woman who recently stopped by a Panera location in DeKalb County, Georgia told the news that she asked for a substitution on her salad. She received it, along with a note on her receipt to add watermelon for this stupid bitch. Nigga. I mean, it's Cobb County. That's the same county that old boys say, oh, you know, we only shoot black people, right? Like, th- th- same county, dog. I was floored. Where are your morals? What does Panera Bread stand for? Who does number two work for? (laughs) She told the manager who said... You tell that turd, buddy. (laughs) She told the manager who said he talked to the cashier, but she was so upset, she called the company's corporate office as well. Their response wasn't sufficient, she says, so she posted her frustration on Facebook. Panera said the worker involved is no longer employed by the chain. Somebody gonna somebody gonna do something else. Like I'm 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 getting free Panera for a year. Oh, it's about to be on. I'm not the Panera's any good. Like let's be honest about it. Like Panera's not really that good. Can we all agree on that? Like Panera's okay, but it's not really worth the price. I've only, yeah, I've only had it once. once. Yeah, same. I've only been there once. Nothing to write home about. So if you've gone, I've been, there, I've twice, been there. I passed. I passed by there. No, I went. I went there once too. I went there once. All I wanted was a simple fucking ham and cheese. But they kept asking me all these questions and shit. And I'm like, yo, I How want they? ham, cheese on some bread. I don't need nothing else. Like, don't, don't fucking, don't, don't do nothing. I don't need no soup. They ask your preferences. Yeah, I don't. No, but no, How no. Dare but they make sure they get it right. They're <laughs> I'm like, yo, I want ham and some cheese on some bread. Cheese. And it cheese. it was a Do you hear this shit? The Tamara Panera t- bread to ask this nigga what else he <laughs> no, wants on his sandwich. Tamara. 
Bro, the, the, the unmitigated gall. Right. How dare they? <laughs> 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 by the way, whenever somebody says the unmitigated gall, I know I shouldn't, but I immediately think of Spartacus. <laughs> the unmitigated gall. <laughs> no, I think I think of fucking Steve Brady Smith. Like he's the only person I know that actually says that. No, bitch. <laughs> no, I, I had a, I had a homeboy, I had a homeboy back in the day. We went to uh, Denny's and like he was high as hell. And then like the the waitress, because yeah, he ordered like chicken strips or something. The waitress had, had asked him all kinds of questions, you know, like would you prefer this over that? And at the end, I think she was fucking with him because she asked him like fifty million questions, and he was just like, "Lady, I just want a damn uh, chicken strips." Like Katrina, Katrina, yeah, like, yeah. You know what I hate at Denny's? Like they talk up, they talk up the onion rings so much, right? And this, this is like fat nigga stuff talking. They talk up the onion rings, and you're like, you know what? I do want some onion rings, and then they bring you like four, and I'm like, what the fuck do you mean? I'm only getting four onion rings right now. Nigga, like I just, pay, look, I just pay onion ring prices for four fucking onion that's rings. That's because the first four onion rings are a dollar ninety nine. It costs 99 cents for each additional onion ring. Exactly! This is like some book. It's like a telephone call. 1-900-onion ring. Hey, where the rest of my onion rings at? What? What the rest? It's the onion ring ring. That's what right? it is. The onion ring conspiracy. This nigga really got mad over... Oh, God. <laughs> so, Girl, that's, like going to, that's like going to Subway and be like, okay, I'll have a ham sandwich and then they ask you like your bread preferences and stuff. The fuck? What kind of cheese you want? <laughs> I'm calling corporate. No, no, for real though. I get right. I mean, I only get uh, I only get really a meatball from Subway, but I have them put all that extra shit on the meatball for ham and cheese. All I want is ham and cheese on bread, dog. Like just just do that. that I don't need you to do nothing else. That sounds awful. I went to Burger King once uh, with my brother, the punk ass, and um, ordered some Whoppers, and they were like, "Would you like?" Uh, Whopper with bacon? Would you like uh, Texas Whopper? Would you like all these Whoppers? And we was like, nah, we'll just have plain Whoppers. You're just so appalled, weren't you? Yo, nigga, they I brought really back the I really was when they sent me out a piece of bread with meat in between it, and we were like, where the fuck is a lettuce, tomato, mayonnaise, ketchup, oh, mustard? Oh, like, because you said plain. plain Whopper. <laughs> yeah, because you said plain. Exactly. That's us. Oh, Burger King uh-huh. hates me. They had they have it in for me. Every time I go in there, they never get my stuff right. I mean, that's that's pretty much every Burger King, though. Oh, so it's not just me. Okay, they don't just yeah. See me the coming the only like, reason the this, only reason, the only reason why I go there is because they got freestyle machines, and I can just drink all of this weird shit that I can't get. Nobody. They got freestyle machines and Jack in the Box. They do. They don't have Jack in the Boxes here. They don't. Oh. <laughs> I I I yeah, he's right. I, I've never eaten at a Jack in the Box. Nope, he hasn't. It's just okay. I you gotta know. be in and out. I just had some today. Not in and out. Uh, five Guys. I Did you get tacos from, from Jack in the Box? Look, five Guys. The problem with Five Guys is like every time you go in there, and like I mean, I'm fat, so I order food. So Do you I have go to and I everything with your fat. Because we're t- because we're talking about food, so like every Nigga, time they tell me like the five times now. Every, every time they every time they tell you the price when you, you go to five guys, it's almost it's almost like a punch in the jaw. 
Like, whoa, like, how the fuck did I just spend twenty fucking dollars on a hamburger? On a, on a hamburger and fries, yeah. Right. Why don't like, eat at Wendy's? Because Wendy's will get. Oh, Wendy's just sucks. Yeah, but they're also just stupid expensive. Them Hardee's and Carl's Jr. are just expensive for no reason. Uh, no, if you go to if you go to Hardee's and you don't get no and you don't get the five dollar bag, you're doing it wrong. Just get the five dollar bag and and you know what? Spend the fifty five cent, add on the apple pie, be on your fucking way. Like don't order nothing else. From so there. let me make there sure is... I get this right. You're literally telling us fat guy food hacks, but you don't say I'm <laughs> a fat guy. <laughs> But we were I talking about time. Time wanting no, no, no. mayonnaise I said it cheese sandwich is because you're a fat guy. Not only is he a prisoner, <laughs> he's also a client. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you complain about me saying it too often. But, uh, I mean, it's, Im- it's, like, it's, like, it's like Black Lives Matter 2. Like, it's implied, no, motherfucker. No, it's not. Don't do that. Don't ever do fat that. Fat Lives Matter, motherfucker. No. Stop. Don't. <laughs> You got that backwards, nigga. It's no, don't stop. Huh? <laughs> Y'all don't remember that from How High? <laughs> he was like talking to the girl. He was like, I'm going to have her saying. He was like, you going to go to her. She going to be like, no, stop, don't. And he was like, you got that backwards, nigga. She going to be like, no, don't stop. Sorry. That movie's one of my favorites. Which reminds me, single Simon asked people today uh, what they preferred, Blazing Saddles or Willy Wonka, and which one was the best Gene Wilder movie ever, and we'll let you know what they said when we come right back. There's only one answer. Hey, this is Sherazar, a.k.a. Shami, a.k.a. Random Mess from the Third Side, also known as Some Call Me Sunshine. As always, this is Single Simulcast. What's up, everybody? This is Classic, uh, CEO and co-founder of the CSPN Network. And when I'm not uh, working on the many podcasts on our network or just hanging out, I'm listening to Single Simulcast, and so should you. What's going on, everyone? It's Justin from the Three Fifths Podcast, and you're listening to the Single Simulcast. That was, that was simply, simply sensational. sensational. Single, Single Simulcast will surely surface speedily. Bitches. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. I know you're probably wondering who I am. Well, my name is Joy, and I'm the host of Fresh Out the Cocoon, a podcast that gets real about being black and being fabulous all at the same damn time. Trust, you don't want to miss the things that are discussed on this show. So join me every other Sunday as I release new episodes. I'm currently on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Spreaker, and TuneIn Radio. Hi, this is your man Jeremy from the Crown of College podcast, and you are listening to Single Simulcast. With my man Rashani and Shante Fabulous, your favorite podcaster's favorite podcaster. And I'm your favorite podcaster. So that should be your favorite podcaster, because I'm your fave, fave, and your fave, fave. Check them out on Single Simulcast. And check out Crime and Collars. Find wherever you can find great podcasts and the CSPN Network. 
your guide to cinema etiquette for the Countdown Movie and TV Reviews Podcast. Question 17. When choosing a seat at a largely empty movie cinema, do you... A. Sit directly in front of another person. B. Sit right alongside a couple clearly enamored with one another. Or C. Take a seat away from other patrons that afford you a good you. If you answered A or B, fuck you! For more useful cinema etiquette, join Paul and Wayne on the Countdown Movie and TV Reviews podcast at Podomatic on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Hi, I'm Brian. And I'm Adam. And we encourage you to come listen to a very special program. A podcast, unlike anything you've heard before. Right, Brian? What? No, dude. Everyone has a podcast. Everyone has a podcast. What's our show about? We talk about comedy, sports, science, topical news, meat hunting, music, podcasting, Matthew McConaughey, vision, health and fitness, horse cocks, technical difficulties, buffaloes, popular culture, maybe a little too much about the Asians. Oh, your army's so cute and tiny. Edits. Check us out on Twitter at Podcast. Listen to us on iTunes and Stitcher, or through our website, www.ehappodcast.com. Contact us directly through ehappodcast at gmail.com. Like and subscribe on YouTube under ehappodcast. We're also on Facebook and Grinder. Really? We're on Facebook? I think so. Hi, this is Gabby, and when I'm not leaving 47 voicemails, I like to relax and listen to my favorite podcast, The Dream Team. Um, didn't Alec Baldwin get in a lot of trouble just by tweeting the name of the... He tweeted the name of... Yeah. Like, he was not... It was no commentary. He was just saying... No, he was just saying the song's good. He was like, I like yeah. niggas in Paris. Right, and he was just saying the name of the song, and he got torched yeah. for that. That's, that's what I'm saying. Because like, Bill O'Reilly came... Bill O'Reilly came right behind him and said, and I like the song Niggers in Captivity. <laughs> Bill O'Reilly likes the song <laughs> Niggers in Africa, as in y'all go back. <laughs> Been trying to get niggas app could have happened for years. White folks have a secret handshake. Like, okay, we slap hands and then you slide it and then you hold a piece of cheese to your mouth. But let's be real. Oh wow. But let's be real though. Like <laughs> the niggas in Africa is gonna be like a white um a barbershop quartet. My ball so hard these niggers can't see me. <laughs> I ball so hard these niggers want to be me. I ball so hard every day, every night, but then I take a week off because I'm white. I ball so hard these niggers can't see me. I can't. I can't. You're listening to Single Simulcast. With Rashani and my mom, Shante Fabulous. Back. Single simulcast episode <laughs> 260. Shante's here. Scar's here from the Geeks Gone Raw Collective. You could also hear him on Facetious and on the Dream Team. And he also has his own show, Scarcasm Live, that he does with random people who aren't Rashani. Sam's here. True. And T's here, who does Stays Crunchy in Milk. And a pod called Cast. 
all available on Stitcher, iTunes, TuneIn Radio. I mean, all these podcasts are, except for the Geeks with Color, because I was looking for it because I wanted my old school Take Your Knives and Go episode. Can't find that shit anywhere. Gonna have to post it up on the single simulcast feed and shit. I I, I had to download uh, when Kimball Slice died. I went back and I I, I re-downloaded the Kimball Slice Let's episode. Do the Kimbo. Yeah, I, de- I downloaded Do the Kimbo, and I have my own personal copy of Do the Kimbo. So if I can't find it nowhere, I still know where to find it. God damn it, because that was hilarious, and I was high as hell. That's probably one of the greatest episodes of anything. Yes, sir. No, greatest episode of anything was Take Your Knives and Go. Say it, Sam. It, it was paid. Take me. Right? No, no. Explain, explain to the people what, what that means because oh, that, yeah, 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 yeah. that still holds true. Like every time I look, I mean, I don't even know she's on there anymore. But every time I see that, I saw it after that. Yeah, so, it was exactly um, true. Take your knives and go is the thing that Padma says on Top Chef. Pack your knives and go. Uh, whenever somebody is uh, leaving the show, because Top Chef is a uh, food uh, challenge of like the best chefs in the world or in America. Uh, and the problem was when they're sitting there uh, guessing or saying who lost because their food wasn't good enough or whatever, you could always tell who was going to lose or who was going to be sent home because while there's three judges up there and two judges are looking all stern and mean and everything and looking back and forth furtively at everybody, Padma is staring directly at the person who's getting sent the fuck home. Like with one hand on her chin, she's just... In a daydream, just staring at him like, I wonder if they know. <laughs> I bet they don't know. And it's so true. Like, she does that every time. She literally stares at him until it's time for her to say, please pack your knives and go. Like, if she looks away, she'll forget who she's talking to. Um, <laughs> but it's a hell of an episode. We did a question just, you know, out of nowhere. Single simulcast wanted to know what y'all thought. Which one was the better Gene Wilder movie? Willy Wonka or Blazing Saddles? T, what do you got? <sighs> Look, I, I, I love me some Cleavon Little and I respect Blazing Saddles, but it's something about hearing Gene sing pure imagination that touches your boy's heart. I'm going to get wrong. Willy Wonka. Why are y'all wrong. getting the answers wrong? Wrong. That's not a wrong answer. I think that movie is uh, adult philosophical movie like he says a little nonsense now and then is relished by the wisest men that's dope like I'm not that's that's dope you think that Willy Wonka is better than Blazing Saddles too don't you I think if someone says that it's better then that's fine with me that's not the worst Gene Wilder movie that you could be into I think it's a dope movie. That's but that, but also when you said to answer, I told you I couldn't choose yeah, because I like both movies. I love both movies. I have both movies. I so, only have I have the good Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, and then I have Blazing Saddles. I have I have Blazing Saddles on HD DVD. <laughs> what the <laughs> fuck? Wow. Oh, man. Oh, see, see, and here I thought, here I thought Scarlett was gonna hit everybody with the training day. You disloyal. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, what you got? I never actually seen Blazing Saddles. What? <gasps> what? Oh. I have no, in, I have no intention. What? My heart. What? My heart. Yeah. What? 
<laughs> so all isn't that movie like isn't that movie like isn't that movie like super racist? Hell yeah. Yes. That's the point. See, but, no, but see, I think that's why you can skip it. Like, I think if you've seen it before, you really understand that, oh my God, this is really bad, that you might think the shit is still funny and you kind of got to make your peace with it or whatever. But if you haven't seen it and you know that it's all super racist and shit and you don't want to see it, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think it's something that you can pass on. You'll live. Yeah, it's I'm fine. Totally the same way about see, the color scar. purple. Scar's like, you can be playing basketball on Pelican Day. <laughs> but there's a part where he Shoot walks up detail. to this old woman and he's like, "Good morning, ma'am." And isn't it a lovely morning? Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, get out of my face, nigger. <laughs> well, she says, "She says, up, she says, up yours, nigger." Up yours, That's nigger. <laughs> she really, I mean, she does. She said that that old, and now she later apologizes and everything. But that that old white lady sure did. Up yours, nigger. But the, the, the really best part of that, I was like, I want to apologize for the up yours, nigger. <laughs> like the best part about that movie is like you could never remake that movie. Like it is, it is how it is how it is, and how they got away with it the first time is like really. Um, and now you just can't, you cannot redo that movie. It is an all time classic. Oh man, I ought to know where I heard somebody say. Stick him up, mister. I turned around and there was a six-year-old boy. I just laughed and walked into the bar. Little bastard shot me in the ass. Mm-hmm. It's a whole it's a whole bunch of like super, super not only is it racist, it's also probably it's probably it's probably homophobic. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, it's definitely yeah. homophobic because yeah. you yeah, got Don Deluise at the end. Yeah, it's doing the doing the the, the, the whatever dance the, it is and everything, and movie. he calls them he calls them f words and everything. Yeah, the movie true. is so racist that Richard Pryor was like, "I'll help you write this, but I'll be goddamn if I started this shit." <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Richard Pryor was. They wanted Richard Pryor to star in it, and he was like, "No, nah, I hope you write it, dog. I'm not no." Absolute. You know, like when I when I was way younger, like for years, I thought I thought that was Richard Pryor. It was. Oh, you thought you thought was Richard Pryor? Because well, you have to remember, I never saw the movie. I just saw posters, like you know, in passing. I just saw box art. I didn't realize that that wasn't him. I'm not mad at you. Yeah, it happens. Yeah. I'm just counting. Uh, by a long shot, Blazing Saddles whooped Willy Wonka's ass. As it was supposed to be. Seven to two. <laughs> wow. I'm shocked. Because I've had full on long drawn out niggas telling me I'm wrong. Hopping into my DMs trying to argue with me about Willy Wonka. Like in favor of it? In favor of it. Because I stand by my belief that Willy Wonka could suck my ass. <laughs> that movie is Yikes. horrible. Wow. Yeah, there's so there's so many like conspiracy theories about Willy Wonka. It's like, come on, dog. The nigga was a murderer. I already talked about that on the show, but oh, I love that movie. I love that movie. I had it. Oh man, there was a T-shirt like in the late '90s or the early 90s and it was like it was Gene Wilder with the scene you know in Willy Wonka and it had like dealer on it it was like one of those old serial killer t-shirts and stuff I wanted it but couldn't have it 
Because <laughs> I couldn't find it. I love the book Charlie and the, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. I dig the movie Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. The one with Johnny Depp. I wish they made the sequel because fucking Charlie and the Great Glass Elevator is pretty oh, dope as a book. Yeah, that one would have been great. With the vernicious knit. So, uh, vernicious knits, yeah. yeah. Somebody was asking so. me because I was telling them that I like Blazing Saddles more than Willy Wonka. They were like, have you read the books? I was like, nigga, I'm a book reader. I've read all of them. <laughs> I've read everything Roadal ever made. Oh. Well, they tried to really hit me up with niggas don't read. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's messed up. Like you was missing something. Exactly. <laughs> well, no, the reason why you think Willy Wonka's not as good. Did you read the book? Yes. And I know that the movie like, has stupid. nothing to do with the book. Like, that's so silly. That's so silly to bring up the book with a, a movie. Like, I heard, the, I heard the second one had more to do with the book than, it the, did. than the original. I that never saw the second one. had a lot more to do with it. Mm-hmm. Oh man, they, they, they fucked up the Willy Wonka characterization in that movie. I hate that Johnny Depp version. Like, hate it. I like it because he was so fucking sarcastic in it. <sighs> I don't know, man. I don't, I don't like. It. Plus, they they for unknown reasons decided let's have Willy Wonka have daddy issues. Yeah, that part was weird. The daddy issue thing, the fact that his dad was a dentist. That whole side story was bad. But <laughs> him saying children. Everything in this room can be eaten except for me. That's a felony. <laughs> <laughs> also, now that we know Johnny Depp, Johnny Depp is a, is a, is a blatant uh, domestic violence kind of motherfucker. Shit! I've been looking at him sideways for everything. So, yeah, I, yeah. I was disappointed when I saw that he was in a. What is that movie? I can't think. The, the Fantastic Beast. Fantastic Beast, yeah. Yeah, I, I was that, disappointed. I literally just watched that the other day, so yeah. I, even, I tried to watch it on Cody and they shut my shit down. Thanks, white people. <laughs> <laughs> I actually watched it all the way through on Cody. I thought it was decent. Yeah, Cody no longer does anything because white folks have gone online saying, quote, I just got my Android box with Cody installed. Can anybody tell me what apps to download to get free movies? Yeah, people were written, yeah, big time on Twitter, I would see. Well, not necessarily in my feed, but you could search Cody, and there's people talking about it. It's such a Cody those, those, uh, those Facebook Marketplace things or whatever that are in your area, yep. half of them are for, like, for fire sticks. Yep. All I right, mean to so, cut you off, sorry. Um, <clears throat> last week we talked about uh, what old dude? Joe Brown or Jim Brown. This week, Football Hall of Famer Franco Harris spoke to mediaite uh, columnist uh, John Ziegler about Colin Kaepernick's trouble finding a new football team to play with. The former San Francisco 49er quarterback is still a controversial figure in the sports world due to his refusal to stand for a Star-Spangled Banner last year. Uh, the topic came up when Ziegler spoke to Harris on his podcast this weekend, and the former NFL fullback was asked whether Kaepernick had been blackballed by the industry. Harris said that even though America has social issues that need to be dealt with, it's important to respect the country by standing before the flag. 
quote, if anyone has a certain stance they want to take, that's fine, Harris said. When he puts that suit on, it's not just about him, his position, and the things he wants to back and wants to believe in, because the team has to come first. Harris America voted for Cheeto. So. Harris continued to say that Kaepernick is free to voice his personal position, but he could have done so on a different platform and without dragging the football league into it. What other platform? Nigga, how? Player? How? Just like when was his name was telling him to like, you know, to calm down the, the activism or do activism in another way. Yeah, we talked about that last week, too, and we got a follow-up on that nigga. As they continued to discuss, Ziegler asked about how Harris's coaches and teammates would have confronted Kaepernick over his protest. <sighs> Harris said, quote, We had two of the meanest guys in football who I think would have dealt with it in that way, and that would have been Joe Green and Jack Lambert. <laughs> I love how folks just writing these Elseworld comics, these what-ifs. Yeah. What would have happened if I love how we we would have beat his ass if we had did that? Yeah, with us. Mm-hmm. It's like shut up! I I actually really as just like as if, that as bring if, that up as if you can lay your hands on the quarterback. That nigga wears a red fucking jersey on practice for a fucking reason. Don't touch him. He is the fucking team. The success lives and dies with him. Put your hands on him if you fucking want to. You'll be out of this league fast. Never. I love how right now Franco Harris probably sits at home, watches football games, and doesn't stand up for anything. Exactly. <laughs> Don't bother me the football games on. I'm not standing up for that. I love how when I went to the Seahawks versus the 49ers game, nobody stood for the national anthem. The only time people stood was when they were letting people pass them by because they had beer in their hand. Nobody stands for it at all. And you expect these folks to stand for it because you won't stand for it, but you're not going to stand for it that they won't stand for it. What the fuck is that? How does that make sense? It still doesn't. The the fallout over Michael Bennett getting hemmed up by the cops in uh, Las Vegas. Of course, the union sent a uh, letter to Roger Goodell saying they want uh, Michael Bennett to be investigated. Roger Goodell, thank God, had the four uh, the, the 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 sense of mind to say, "Nah, we're good. He ain't done shit wrong." And they were like, "Yeah, but he doesn't stand for the for the national anthem, so he must be up to something." Anyhow, next football story. <clears throat> so Ray Lewis, who's a Baltimore piece of shit uh, and a murderer, <laughs> uh, this happened. Many are doubtful that there's any truth to the claim. I hate Ray Lewis so much. I swear to God. Former Baltimore Ravens player Ray Lewis said on Tuesday that the Ravens were going to close a deal to sign the free agent Colin Kaepernick until the quarterback's girlfriend posted a racially insulting tweet. No, you know who can't post any tweets? The person he killed. <laughs> he didn't kill anybody. He tried to help cover it up. <laughs> the August wow. second post by radio host Nessa Diab uh, compared Ravens owners Steve Biscotti and Ray Lewis to characters from Django Unchained. It compared Leonardo DiCaprio's cruel plantation owner and Samuel L. Jackson's loyal house slave, respectively. Lewis 
who in the day before Diaz's tweet had posted a video to Twitter in which he had urged Kaepernick to, quote, get back on the football field and let your play speak for itself. That's funny how they all always say that. What does your, like, oh my God, he threw for 4,000 yards. We'd better stop beating black people. Yeah, and then, like, get back on the football field. Nigga, how? Oh my God, he threw for six <laughs> touchdowns. I get it now. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God, I didn't see it until he made that juke, but I am horribly racist, and the system is fucked up. <laughs> I have never once heard of football speak. Like, oh my God, he blocked that punch so hard that I saw equality. <laughs> this is fucking ridiculous. So, let your play speak for itself. <laughs> That's the fucking... I, I'm sorry. T, you gotta you you're you're in you're a Browns fan. No, no, no one said that. Bless <laughs> <laughs> me. Oh man, are you? Don't put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> what? I know all, all. I know so many Browns fans that jump in ship. They're like, you know what? We're Bengals fans until y'all niggas improve. Play <laughs> <laughs> speak for. What does it say? Um, but. Uh, Biscotti, Ray Lewis said Biscotti and the Ravens were discussing giving the former San Francisco 49er quarterback, quote, an opportunity. At the time, with starter Joe Flacco injured, the team's quarterback playing training camp was lacking. Ray Lewis, who has put out video after video talking about Colin Kaepernick, said, quote, I have been fighting for this kid behind the table like nobody has. Nigga. He said that on Inside the NFL. Quote, I've never been against Colin Kaepernick. But I am against the way he's done it. Has anybody ever read Animal Farm? Like back in high school, junior high school, you had yes. to read that book? Yeah. Not there great. was a character named Squealer who halfway through the story was able to say that the character who was fighting uh, at the bar at the Battle of the Barnyard was leading the charge named Snowball. By midway through the book, Squealer had changed the story and had convinced everybody the narrative was that Snowball was actually in the back cowering underneath the hay. I've never been against Colin Kaepernick, but I'm against the way he's done it. We're not against Colin. We're not against athletic quarterbacks. <laughs> but we are against the studs. <laughs> but we are against the kneeling. <laughs> it's the kneeling quarterback. It's the knee. Um. <laughs> Love, and still, still, the best part of that song is how she just slid, slid her name in the shit. And Tasha! Tasha! She was like, This is in the house! Which is in the house! And Flash! And Tasha! Cleveland's definitely in the house! She tried to say it so close they couldn't cut that part out anyway. <laughs> then Colin Kaepernick's girl goes out and puts out this racist gesture and doesn't know we're in the back office about to get this guy signed. Right as we're about to sign him, she puts out this tweet. Like, oh, she sent a tweet, y'all. Let's not sign him. Steve Biscotti yeah. has said it himself. How can you crucify Ray Lewis when Ray Lewis is the one calling for Colin Kaepernick? When the Ravens I, called me, it was to say yes 
or no, we're going to close the deal to sign him. Steve Biscotti said, I want to hear Colin Kaepernick speak to me to let me know that he wants to play football. Motherfucker. I, I would just I would just like to know why is this dude named after an Italian pastry? That too. <laughs> but so all, I'm thinking, all I'm thinking about are those cookies that you get yeah. on, the, on the airplane. Really? <laughs> look me in my eyes, Colin. No, here. Here, look me in my eyes, Colin. Say it to me, Colin. I Tell me what want you to play football. But see, the, the biggest problem is like he doesn't like Colin has said nothing this whole time. The only thing he does is he tweets about his activism and the things that he's doing. He hasn't said anything about football at all. He's just letting y'all get all this shit out of the way. But like last time I checked, um He's, has he ever said that his girl actually speaks for him? I know that people see it that way. Um, and even like football players who have spoken out about this said, you know, when I got to the NFL, I had to tell my mama and my sister, like, y'all need to be careful what y'all tweet because this is a reflection of me, blah, 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 whatever bullshit. But like, at the end of the day, like, you needed a quarterback. Your quarterback went down. Your, your backup quarterback threw four fucking picks. In the next practice, let, let me go ahead and do this real quick. <laughs> in practice, they're saying, they're saying this nigga threw four picks all last season. They're saying that Colin Kaepernick's girlfriend is the reason why he didn't get signed. Meanwhile, also in the AFC, Miko Grimes is going exactly. fucking ham on Twitter, calling everybody on the Dolphins limp dick motherfuckers. She always, she always did that. That's why they got rid of they got they got rid of him because they could get rid of her. And he immediately got signed with a different team. Yep. So when you say that Colin Kaepernick's girlfriend was the issue, which again, really, no, no, you want to know what the real issue is? They're covering up for the for the fuck shit that they did to begin this shit. This nigga uh, uh, said that they were interested in Colin Ka- Kaepernick. Then he said he was gonna um, poll his fans on whether they should do it, and ended the shit by saying, "Pray for us." What the fuck are you talking about? Because like, the poll sounded like this: this buddy from Dundalk. Uh, no niggers. Click. <laughs> right. I don't know. It might. Yeah, it might have been just some some super educated motherfucker that did it too. You got to stop act pretending that it's just you know. You're right. No, no account. Well, not no account, but pretending that it's you know whatever idea like uneducated white motherfuckers. Yeah. yeah, poor white motherfuckers, and it's like it's not. It's motherfuckers who got educations and degrees and and all kinds of different shit. They just say it in a different way. And they still, you know, call them motherfuckers niggas. So we would like to remind you of who sponsors this team. Uh, I don't think that it's a good idea for you to have that guy on your squad. And that's how it really happens. Because if Buddy from Dundalk had called in and said what I said earlier, they would have been like, I don't give a fuck. But as soon as somebody who's a personal seat license holder or a corporate sponsor, yeah, they're the ones who get the vote. You're absolutely right. My fault. I gotta learn different voices for white folks. Cause all mine are like <laughs> hicks. <laughs> Asked by the NFL network Judy Batista whether that tweet kept Cop Kaepernick from signing with the Ravens, Lewis said Then he's flying him to Baltimore. I'm sitting with all three of them and we are all having a conversation about bringing Colin Kaepernick in. 
if that tweet had never came in, then I'm fi- then we're flying him out to Baltimore. But as soon as that tweet came in, it, it killed everything. And the, the tweet, the tweet is some bullshit because the guy um, was organizing one of those pro-black press conferences. Said that the tweet was uh, the reason why he stopped. It was the same guy who organized the one with Jim Brown and and Muhammad Ali and all them, um, you know, the pro-black press conference nonsense. Um, because it doesn't really work the same now. Um, apparently, that guy was organizing one for Colin Kaepernick, which was going to include Ray Lewis. Uh, and then he said that that tweet just pissed him off so much that he just canceled the whole fucking thing. Except for the one little part that they kind of mentioned briefly that the guy called Colin Kaepernick. Kaepernick didn't answer because he didn't know who the fuck that guy was. Can't be mad at that. I don't answer numbers. I don't know who they are. I'll exactly. Who does? Maybe I'll call you back if you're lucky. Should have left a voicemail. Pretty much. Oh yeah, speaking of voicemails, shout out to everybody who's left us reviews. Um, we got like seven new ones today. Yeah. yeah. I'm fucking my my phone has been blowing the hell up. Thank you to all of y'all. We're all grateful, even Scar, who doesn't really sound like it. No, because I because I am in I am an ambassador of the single simulcast um, universe. Um, so, like every time y'all do something for single simulcast, I get the message. Thank you very much for your reviews. I was uh, extremely impressed by uh, the number of people who left reviews today that I thought probably should have already left reviews. Yeah, I'm grateful for all of them. Uh, so, I'm, gentlemen, I'm ungrateful for all of them. And, what? Hmm? What? Nothing. I said, for all no, I said I'm grateful for all of them. No, I said I'm grateful. Like said, he's ungrateful, so I'm, I'm unsure. I don't know, but I'm grateful for the reviews, too. It was awesome to read. I'm going to have to run that tape back in a little bit. I so, it, I so it's time. <laughs> For the book of lies, it's time for the book of lies. T, Sam, what do you know about the book of lies? Uh, the 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 artistry, the craftsmanship of uh, craftswomanship, if you will, of uh, what is her what's her, what's her Nigerian name? I don't even know what to, what to call that bra no more. Buck, don't Ufufu. she got a, don't she got a new name? She I better. forgot about. Oh, she does have a she does have a new name. I don't remember what it is, but I know whoever like whatever name she oh, is right. using, it's somebody else's name, and that people were hot yes. that she was that she was using that name. Yes, um, golly, because it was somebody else. Oh my goodness, she changed her name to cha cha cha. Uh, oh shit! I can't even pronounce this, my dude. Nikichi Amari Diallo. Ugh. Wait, hold on, wait. After the dude? Oh no, 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 no! You can't call yourself Diallo of it. No, no, no. So the meaning in Nigerian is apparently "gift of God." Yeah. Which, which really, when you hear her book, it just really just works. It just flows <laughs> right into the rest of it that her name is Gift of God. Like, seriously, what do y'all know about the Book of Lies? 
<laughs> so, right now we are on chapter 20. Um, chapter 20 is called Malicious Harassment. Uh, it's not about her talking to black women. Uh, so get that <laughs> thought out of your mind. <laughs> Let's go. Just as Southern California is known for attracting starlets with big screen ambitions. Really? North <laughs> Idaho has earned a reputation as a breeding ground. Oh, yeah, I do believe that. For white supremacy groups. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. When I moved to Coeur d'Alene, at least five of them were headquartered in the area, including the Aryan Nations, a neo-Nazi hate group founded by Hitler enthusiast Richard Butler. Uh, after retiring as an aeronautical engineer in 1974, Butler moved from California to Hayden Lake, Idaho, a small town just north of Coeur d'Alene, where he bought 20 acres of land and turned it into a military-style compound complete with two-story guard tower and armed guards. Here's a question I've always had. If white folks want to be so far away from black folks, why don't they just go to Montana, Idaho, North and South Dakota and just stay there? Well, they have. Nebraska. <laughs> The there's a lot of black folk in Nebraska. Hold up now. Oh, there's black folk in Nebraska? Yeah. Yes. Oh, my fault. Yes. I, I heard rumors, but... <laughs> like, in that middle... I think when you... Like, the middle section of the country, like, there's, the, like, Texas, Oklahoma, Arkansas, uh, Nebraska, Kansas, like, those... But, like, it's black people there. I think when you start venturing north... Like you start getting to like Montana, Minnesota, North Dakota, yeah, you know, all, all, all that they used to be a native land, mm-hmm. of course, you know, stolen. <laughs> like it, it can get probably more sparse. Yeah, you never seen that show, Mountain Man, or whatever it's called. It's, no, it's all Montana. It's all white folks. I'm good. Just feel, feel like that's made up. White people make everything up. <laughs> the compound served as a factory of propaganda and violence. In 1981, Butler hosted the first Aryan World Congress, an annual gathering of the most influential racist leaders in the country and the white supremacists, neo-Nazis, and skinheads who followed them. The Aryan Nations made its presence known in Coeur d'Alene that year when one of its members harassed and threatened a biracial family and defaced the exterior of a restaurant owned by Sid Rosen, who was Jewish, with a swastika and other hateful graffiti. Responding to these incidents, Dina Tanners invited seven other local activists to join her at the First Christian Church to figure out how to thwart such hate crimes. Thwart. And together, they formed the Kootenai County Task Force on Human Relations. Two years later, the task force was instrumental in getting Idaho's Malicious Harassment Act passed, making hate crimes a felony offense punishable by up to five years in prison and a $5,000 fine. Working hand-in-hand with local law enforcement agencies, it also created a victim support committee, which advocated for victims of harassment and hate crimes and sponsored human rights rallies like the ones that drew more than a 1,000 people to Coeur d'Alene City Park on July 12, 1986. Two months later, Order 2, a domestic terrorist organization affiliated with the Aryan Nations, responded by bombing the home of Bill Wasmuth. Uh, KCTFHR's president and a popular local pastor and later that month three sites around town including the federal building such violence will ultimately lead to the group's undoing on July 1st 1998 Victoria Keenan a native American woman from nearby Sandpoint 
was driving home from her niece's wedding when her son Jason inadvertently tossed his wallet out one of the car's open windows. Why the fuck? The bizarre incident occurred right outside the entrance to the Aryan Nation's compound at a time when the security guards were particularly jumpy. When the Keenan's 1977 Datsun backfired, the guards mistook the sound for a gunshot. They must be cops now. Two of them, along with the skinhead from California, jumped into a pickup and chased after the Keenan for two miles, shooting at their vehicle until they succeeded at hitting one of their tires and fo- forcing the car off the road. One of the guards grabbed Victoria Keenan by the hair and put a gun to her head. Another hit her in the ribs with a rifle butt. When asked if she was an Indian, she swallowed her pride and lied and said, No, I'm just a poor white farmer girl. I'm on your guys' side. Only after a car approached did the men decide to let the Keenans go. I really wonder how much of this story would be cut down if she stopped telling other people's story. Anyways. <laughs> Afterwards, the Keenans contacted KCTFHR's attorney, Norm Gissel, who teamed up with Morse Dees at a Southern Poverty Law Center and prominent local attorney Ken Howard and filed a civil lawsuit against the security guards and Richard Butler. When a jury awarded the Keenan $6.3 million in damages, it bankrupted the Aryan Nations, forcing Butler to sell the compound. Greg Carr, the same Greg Carr who would go to con- contribute a million dollars to help establish HREI, bought the property, demolished the compound, and donated the land to the North Idaho College Foundation, which turned into a peace park. Butler died in 2004, the same year I moved to Coeur d'Alene. With his headquarters destroyed, with his headquarters destroyed and its leader gone, the Aryan nation struggled to survive, but its brand of hate never completely disappeared from the area. Splinter groups formed, and they grew particularly enraged after Barack Obama became our country's first black president. The fear Obama's election aroused wasn't limited to North Idaho. The hope his ascension to the White House engendered in people of color was tainted by a harsh reality. Americans, by and large, were racist as fuck. Seeing a black man in the Oval Office inspired those who previously contented themselves with making snide comments at the dinner table to start openly spewing their racially charged vitriol in public. During his two terms in office, why? President Obama would be called Tar Baby, That Boy, and the Food Step President by a succession of Republican politicians, all of whom were white and male. He was also treated with a level of disrespect. Representative Joe Wilson of South Carolina called him a liar as Obama was delivering a speech before a joint session of Congress, and you lied. Governor Jan Brewer shook her finger in his face on the tarmac of the Phoenix Mesa Gateway Airport. It's hard to imagine that he would have received it if he had been white. Much of the anti-Obama backlash in North Idaho was directed to HREI, and because I was the face of the organization and was commonly perceived as black or biracial, at me. <laughs> After settling into the job, my first big opportunity to expand the Institute's reach came in February 2009. For Black History Month, I developed curriculum guidelines, prepared handouts, and made suggested reading lists for local teachers. I also helped school libraries create displays to feature black conscious books. 
My efforts helped HREI's audience grow, but they also attracted unwanted attention. Donna Cork and I were HREI's only full-time employees, and when she went to lunch one day, I was left alone in the building. I was writing thank you cards to those who had donated money during a recent fundraiser when the front doorbell rang, announcing a visitor's arrival. Hey, hand the bear! HREI was partly a museum, so it was common for people to drop in unannounced and view the exhibits. As I made for the front door, I was rehearsing the spill I typically gave visitors when I rounded the corner and came face to face with two scary looking white men with shaved heads, piercings, black leather vests, and swastika tattoos, and an equally tatted, piercing, and menacing white woman. The three of them stood like a wall in front of me. We just want to let you know we don't like what you're doing here, the man in the middle said. My heart sounded like a drum in my head. The institute didn't have a panic button, an alarm system, or security cameras, forcing me to improvise. Well, I said, handing each of them a manual and doing my best to remain calm, maybe you're just not familiar with all the great new programs we have going on here. Welcome to the Human Rights Education Institute. Let me give you a tour. I really fuck. Remember, y'all, Patreon.com backslash single simulcast. Please pay me for this shit. (laughs) Refusing to let on that I knew who they were, I guided them through the political power and human rights exhibit while silently praying that another visitor visitor would stop by or that Donna would return early from her lunch break. Now, now, Skeeter, he hurt nobody. (laughs) When one of the men rolled his eyes, and the other saluted the swastika on a poster for the Social Democratic Party of Germany, which actually denounced Hitler's Nazi regime, I pretended not to notice. My plan was to keep distracting them until I succeeded in leading them outside the building. As we were walking through the lobby on our way to the next exhibit, the man who who first spoke up stopped me with a question that sent chills down my spine. Where does your son go to school? Shaken, I almost tripped on a crack in the cement floor. I didn't realize you knew I had a son. I knew I needed to be vague. He goes to school in the north part of the city. He crossed his arms and faced me, striking a pose that showed he felt like he had the upper hand. And where do you live? A couple miles from here. Why do you ask? We don't like what you're doing here, he reiterated before motioning the others with a jerk of his hand that it was time to go. Before walking out the door, all three of them gave the Nazi salute of Nazism. It was a salute. That looked like a Nazi. Hella pictures. I'm, I'm scrolling through all the pictures that for some reason folks put in the middle of their fucking book. Oh, God. Two weeks later... <laughs> One of my neighbors called the police when he spotted a white male in a hoodie trying to break into my house while I was at work. They later went looking for a black man. I added that part in. That that part about them looking for because white men in hoodies. Nuh-uh. Right. A year passed. The hate persisted. You know what, Shantae? I just realized this is the part where she's making up the hate crimes. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Another white man in a hoodie approached Franklin at his school and tr- 
Another white male in a hood approached Franklin at his school and tried to lure him into his car with candy. Word. The, the police investigated both incidents but never found the culprit. Their response, because it's not true. Their response, sorry, we didn't find any suspects, will become a common refrain. I was terrified. I always felt like somebody was watching me and I had no privacy. Oh! <laughs> Surely there was a connection between these incidents and the incident at HREI. I bought a gun took shooting lessons, and moved across town with Franklin. The problem moved with us. Soon after we settled into our new place, our neighborhood was littered with white supremacy leaflets. Yeah, that's all because of you. Hold up. Wasn't like uh, two, three chapters back, she talking about how much she hated the gun her black husband had in the house and mm-hmm. how terrified she was of weapons and so forth. Now she buying them. But it's different now because now she's fully black, not the white woman that her husband was forcing her to be. Now she comes strapped. Exactly. She in this bit. Okay. The circle is Ugh. complete. Also, whenever people see Franklin, they say, hey, it's Franklin. <laughs> <laughs> Even more discouraging, our neighbors blamed us for the white supremacy leaflets in televised interviews, describing how unsafe they felt now that we live near them because, you know, they think she's black. When my new boyfriend, Dexter, invited us to come stay with him in Spokane, just across the border in Washington State, and just inside the boundary established by my custodial agreement with Kevin, I quickly accepted. Dexter was a correctional officer at the Airway Heights Correction Center. He was also six foot three and built like a linebacker. People didn't mess with Dexter. I had hoped his house was beyond the hate group's reach. He had lived there for eight years and, despite being black, said he felt safe in the neighborhood. But within six weeks of our arrival, his house was burglarized. $13,000 worth of property was stolen. What? That's a lot of fucking stuff to lose in your house, by the way. Yes, very much so. (laughs) I mean, put that in perspective. My Xbox One cost fucking 400 bucks. $13,000 worth of shit was stolen. (laughs) Nigga, that's the house. (laughs) <laughs> I don't mean to laugh at that, but thirteen thousand. Like I'm really trying to picture that. Your TV costs two thousand dollars, my dude. Maybe if it's like yeah. seventy inches. The niggas, the niggas stole the sunroom. Thirteen thousand dollars. They took the roof. Took the whole edition. <laughs> Once again, no suspects were found with our thirteen thousand dollars worth of shit. But I felt confident that I understood why we've been targeted. I wasn't just perceived as black, but black and uppity. (laughs) Thanks to my growing profile in the community, I was a social rights, social justice troublemaker. My suspicions were confirmed the next morning when we walked outside to get the newspaper and found a rope twisted into the shape all too familiar to America's black population. A noose laid on our front porch. At any given moment, this motherfucker could have just said, you know what? I'm white. This doesn't really work for me. I'm impervious. Hasn't worked on us in years. But no. Double down on these motherfuckers. At at any point in that museum, all she had to do was pull out her fucking ID. This is me in high school. 
<laughs> my real name is Rachel Ann. Like the woman from Friends. You know, my favorite show. My anxiety skyrocketed. I winced every time I turned on my car, suspected that cars in my rearview mirror were following me, and diligently investigated anything that seemed even remotely suspicious. Last week, <laughs> Halloween was on a weekend. I know, that's <laughs> what I was thinking. Oh my god. <laughs> me and Franklin went trick or treating. And just a minute ago, you were straight out of Boise, a crazy motherfucker named Diallo. You strapped because you black in Idaho. But now it's <laughs> come on, man. Never able to fully relax, my health deteriorated. I became ill with mononucleosis, strep throat, and a rare kind of a rash called viral exthemina or exthemata, all at the same time, which is in it's Those in Alex. Those are all things that you can catch from other people. Like, you didn't blame the other people that you were around. You but just said the stress gave you a virus. How does stress give you a virus, it bitch? Gave it to like, Usher. R- 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 stress <laughs> gave him the herb. What? Rachel did R- it. R- R- wow. All at the same time and landed in the ER. The tension drove an irreparable wedge between me and Dexter. Not her being white, but wanting to be black every day. That wouldn't drive a wedge in nothing. Dexter taking, or Dexter taking all of this shit from his other girlfriend because, you know, mono is the kissing disease. Um, and or, <laughs> you know, Dexter coming home and $13,000 worth of his shit is gone. Exactly. The tension drove an irreparable wedge and, between me and, and Dexter. More than and anything and else... I needed to be in a safe place full of love and support, but I was no longer getting that from him. Motherfucker, his house got robbed. He's in his own world. And nothing happened until you fucking showed up. He felt perfectly fucking fine where he was until you got there and brought all of this shit to his house. Why the fuck would he be cool with you? We began arguing. He'd led a quiet life before meeting me and didn't enjoy being associated with what was an increasingly public situation. The police actually hosted a news viewing. Letting the police come, letting the press come to the police station to examine the news and some members of the media didn't seem to believe it was a noose at all. Which was a real nuisance, let me tell you. tried. Dexter thought I was talking to the press too much while I believed I was just running damage control trying to make sure the story the media was selling was accurate I was doing my job do your damn job (laughs) after Dexter and I decided to go our separate ways Franklin and I moved back to Idaho where we stayed with a friend until we could find our own place Responding to the hate crimes directed at me, HREI's board of directors has security cameras installed in and around the building. Unfortunately, they weren't working correctly when Donna arrived at the Institute on the morning of November 19, 2009 and found a swastika sticker that had been affixed to the front door sometime during the night. When I got to work half an hour later, I asked Donna, who as director of operations was responsible for the security cameras, if she had looked at the video feed from the night before to see if the culprit had been captured on film. She apologized and explained that she hadn't set the cameras to save mode. They had been on but hadn't recorded anything. 
The police Word. arrived, removed the swastika as evidence, and scoped out the perimeter of the building. But without any video footage, they had no leads to follow. In 2010, Franklin and Isaiah, who were visiting us for the summer, ran through the back door one morning, yelling that I needed to come see what they had found while picking strawberries in the backyard. I threw on a robe and followed them outside. My heart sank when I saw what had spooked them. From the rafters of the carport hung a noose, and like the first one, the message behind it was clear. I called the police. That's how you know she ain't black. The officer who arrived... <laughs> right. And, and, and also, she used the word spook uh, to uh, describe this. <laughs> right? No, but I thought I, I thought I thought spook was, was an interesting word for her to use, too, so... Yeah. Again. The officer who arrived wrote up the incident as a hate crime. It didn't matter how many times we moved, the hate always found us. Because it's you. It lives deep within you. The whiteness is finding its way out. All the publicity these hate crimes generated didn't sit well with HREI's board of directors. They wanted to know what I was saying and doing to upset the local white supremacists. Yeah, that's what they did. They took the side of the white supremacists. I didn't have an answer for that beyond promoting human rights causes and being myself. <laughs> and, and, you know, also being black. Because <laughs> I'm black and bi. <laughs> Come on, y'all, remember. I'm yeah. black and bi and I'm non-religious. Yeah, and say it loud. I'm black and I'm proud. And That's bi. why they keep... Yeah, and, yeah, and bi. Black, bi, and I'm proud. At board meetings, I was asked to carefully examine the words I used while making statements to the press because... The board members implied perhaps something I was saying was causing the antagonistic responses. Having already been blamed for my own rape, I couldn't believe I was being blamed for having hate crimes directed at me and my family. <laughs> the implication added a considerable amount of stress to an already nerve-wracking situation. Some of the board members suggested that the negative press was bad for tourism, because people are dying to visit Idaho. Okay. Correct. A complaint that was anathema in a tourist town like Coeur d'Alene. Others worried that it might hurt our donor base. Soon I began hearing talk about the board warning a different face for the organization. One that was less controversial and less upsetting to the opposition. It didn't seem to matter that in two years I succeeded in transforming HREI from a local organization with little influence to a regional one with notable impact. I was blindsided when the board hired Dan LaPau, an older white man, to be HREI's developer direct, development director in July 2010. During his first day on the job, Dan sat me down and told me I was too focused on black rights. Quote, I want you to know that, I guess I should make my voice, <clears throat> I want That's you to know out. that, although I'm part Jewish, when it comes to the black and white issue, I'm a white man. <laughs> I heard him loud and clear. Within two weeks of hiring him, the board made a motion to promote him to executive director, the position I had effectively been filling for the past two years, and the title I've been working so hard to attain. Adding insult to injury, the board asked me to train Dan to be my boss. Maybe they did think she was black. <laughs> right? 
Having documented all my achievements at HREI and stored them in a packet, I gave it to the board and asked them to name me executive director instead of Dan. Otherwise, I would resign. They uh, responded by having the locks on all the doors rekeyed that night. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and when I showed up for work on Monday morning, give me one hour to clean out my office. My jobs in academia kept me afloat financially, but the sporadic nature of the work was trying. As a quarterly faculty member at AWU, I got courses added to my schedule and consequently more pay when full-time instructors didn't want to teach them or new ones were added to accommodate demand. By the same token, I often had courses taken away with, from me along with the income I would have received by full-time instructors who were unable to fill their own classes. Sometimes these changes would come with as little as two days notice before a semester began. I once picked up a course I'd never taught before just two hours before it began on the first day of classes and I wasn't even given a syllabus. <laughs> I had to write the curriculum as I taught the class. Hoping to gain some stability, I applied for a full-time position at EWU's Africana Studies Program twice during my time there. But both times it came down to me and another person, and the other person always got the job. Probably because they know that they're black. The career setbacks I experienced didn't detract from my past for human rights, and in many ways they actually fueled it. I recognized the way HREI's board had treated me like a common form of insti institutionalized justice, or injustice. I had worked twice as hard as all the other previous executive directors had and received half the pay. I'd also outperformed all of them, but because I was viewed as a poor young black woman, how was I rewarded? I had been slapped in the face with a series of isms, racism, ageism, classism, and sexism, which, when combined, delivered the force of Voltron. <laughs> Wait, no, I'm sorry. Delivered the force of a punch. Let our isms combine. <laughs> my leadership had been stifled my voice had been suppressed and in the end I had been replaced but I refused to give up the normal instinct in such a situation is to want to change the aspects of your character that's holding you back but the only thing I could possibly fix was being penniless and trust me I was doing the best I could there everything else involved a permanent aspect of my being something that couldn't have been changed or removed if I was looking to live an easier life, this would have been a great time for me to opt out of being black. <laughs> Which you did have that option. Like, you always had that option. But she's always. On a, she was on a lease to lease, or she was on a month to month lease. She could have opted out, but she chose to sign back up for being black. <laughs> See, the thing is, y'all, unlike us, who were born black, she chose to be black. And don't we always say that you can choose your friends, but you can't choose your family? And that's why your friends are more important, because you choose them? She chose to be black, y'all. I finally get it. This bitch is insane. Absolutely. Simply by untwisting my braids and staying out of the sun, I could have crossed back over the color line. The fact that she is so aware of that just shows you over and over again. This assumes, of course, that blackness describes little more than racialized physical features. But to me, blackness is a permanent part of who I am. 
an aspect of my character that had taken me a lifetime to have the courage to publicly claim and openly embrace, and I wasn't about to give up on me. So I responded oh to the series of isms, isms society has forced upon me with my one of my own. Activism. Look, white people, let me say it to you one more time slowly. Just because a black person nuts in you, it doesn't make you part black. You don't get to be black by deposit. Just because somebody comes up to you and says, hey, you got any black in you? And you're like, no. And they're like, you want some? That doesn't make you black. And white men, just because you come in a black woman, it doesn't make you black. Are you starting to see this whole thing? Just because you have a relation with somebody, it doesn't make you that. Just because you really, really wish it. If I could dream it, I can achieve it, ass motherfuckers. Just because you think about it hard enough, it doesn't make it so. Because I've been wishing a nigga would on every single candle. And Rachel Dolezal is still walking the fuck around and I'm still broke. So, there you have it. As an academic activist, I lived and breathed my research and endeavored not just to educate my students, but also to change their lives. I also grew more vocal in response to racial injustice in the local community. When a pipe bomb, when a pipe bomb was found in a backpack along the route of the MLK Day March in Spokane in 2011, I pressed authorities to find the culprit. As a member of the Spokane chapter of the NAACP, there wasn't a North Idaho chapter, by the way. I attended the press conference about the incident and called out the FBI as the news cameras rolled. I said I had lost faith in the process. How hadn't they found any suspects? When they said, we're doing all we can, was that really true? Or was this going to be just like all the other incidents, many of which I had personally experienced? Of course. Where the local police and FBI dropped the ball and failed to find the culprit. Finally. Two weeks later, the FBI succeeded in tracking down the perpetrator, Kevin Harpum of the National Alliance, a violent group of neo-Nazis who would do just about anything in their effort to establish an all-white homeland. The failed bombing attempt was a big enough news to attract the attention of the National NAACP leadership. Its president and CEO, Benjamin Jealous, traveled to Spokane to lead a protest march that doubled as a commemoration of the anniversary of Martin Luther King Jr.'s death. It was refreshing to see Jealous in person, for not only was he a grateful, a greatly admired black activist, but it was refreshing to see Jealous in person, for not only was he a greatly admired black activist, but also one whose complexion was even lighter than mine. DNA testing he once underwent on, on PBS's Finding Your Roots showed that he is 80% European and only 18% Sub-Saharan African, prompting the show's host and Harvard professor, author, filmmaker, and critic Henry Louis Gates to jokingly refer to him as, quote, the whitest black man we've ever tested. Jealous identified as a black man, but would it have mattered if he hadn't? Not according to the NAACP, which, 108 years after its founding, removed the, remained the foremost civil rights organization in the country. 
On its website, it says, quote, the mission of the National Association of the Advancement of Colored People is to ensure the political, educational, social, and economic equality of rights of all persons, emphasis Rachel Dolezal's, and to eliminate race-based discrimination. One of its creators, Mary White Ovington, was white. Walter White, not that Walter White, Walter White, its president from 1931 to 1953, was technically black, but with his white skin, blue eyes, and blonde hair, he could have easily passed as white, which he often did in order to infiltrate KKK meetings. And although most of his chapter presidents are black men, more than a few of them throughout his history have been white. On April 3, 2011, Jealous held a protest march from the Spokane Veterans Memorial Arena uh, to Riverfront Park, where he spoke about the need to embrace diversity and come together as one nation. I was honored to be invited by the president of the NAACP's Spokane chapter, Vianne Smith, to speak as well. That day, I publicly called out racism, white supremacists, and institutionalized injustice in North Idaho and Eastern Washington communities. I specifically focused on addressing the apathy of people with good intentions who are sitting by and the danger of the good old boy network, including the police, business owners, and even leaders of some nonprofits, which was preventing the possibility of any significant change occurring in the region. I also talked about how so many hate crimes in the area had gone unaddressed and unsolved because institutions cared more about keeping up appearances than protecting black citizens. Quote, we wear race, disability, religious, and gay blinders to edit out what we do not want to see, I told a reporter from The Fig Tree, a local monthly newspaper. Our goal is not colorblindness because blind love is weak love. We need to see the differences and appreciate them. We need to take off our blinders and love our neighbors as ourselves. This means loving especially people who are different or other. There we go again. Other. Racial hatred exists. We can start to overcome it by taking off our blinders. The greatest tragedy is when good people are silent. Standing up to injustice and hate became my mission. There were plenty of it in the area, but there was also plenty of educated responses to it. One of them was the annual Dr. Martin Luther King Children's Program, which the KCTH, the KCTFHR NIC Popcorn Forum and NIC Human Equality Club started in 1986 as a way of educating every fifth grader in the Coeur and Post Falls School District about human, about civil rights. I first attended in 2009 when I was Director of Education at HREI, then worked with the schools themselves to find speakers in 2011 and 2012 helping to recruit performers like the Living Voices' Dior Davenport, who reenacted scenes from the Civil Rights era. As I was leaving the children's program in my car in 2012, I was confronted by eight members of the White Knights branch of the KKK. They wore military fatigues, had guns on their belts, and waved Confederate flags and signs with vile, with vile slogans such as, Martin Luther King was a nigger terrorist, if diversity wins, we lose, and honk to keep Idaho white. I knew they were with the KKK because I recognized their grand wizard, Sean Winkler, who was one of Richard Butler's understudies. As I was rounding the corner of Northwest Boulevard in my black Pontiac vibe, Winkler and his minions spotted me and yelled, We know where you live, Rachel. 
furious that they would call me out by name and threaten me like that, I did a U-turn and sped home. Unable to find any poster board in our house, I grabbed a 36-inch print of my Africa collage, wrote Malcolm X is my hero on the back with a Sharpie, and drove straight back to where the KKK were protesting the MLK Day festivities. She ain't scared no more, is she? Stand- yeah, but but she ain't say she ain't say nothing about Martin Luther King. She went straight to Malcolm X, huh? Yeah. Standing directly across the street from them, I held my poster in front of my chest, flipping it around so they could see both sides, while intermittently texting friends asking them to join me. Standing there all alone, but unscared, I flinched every time a honk, a car a car honked in response to the KKK sign. But I held my ground. I was relieved when Juice, one of my good friends, finally showed up. With a black man standing next to me, Juice. With a black man standing, <laughs> really Juice? When a bless black, if, what, let's see if you knew the ledge. Really? Yours was better than mine. When a, with a black man standing next <laughs> to me, the shouting from across the street died down quite a bit. Then another friend, Virgil, arrived, and he got them all riled up again by yelling things like, You're so stupid, K is the only letter in the alphabet you know. (laughs) (laughs) Some of my students from North Idaho College took an even bolder approach. Two of them, both white males, stood on either side of the KKK protest with signs that had arrows pointing towards them and read, I'm not with stupid. Nearly 25 people showed up to support me. And once the KKK protests saw how badly we outnumbered them, they packed up their stuff and went home. What I'm hearing here is that the black man showed up and was silent. And all the white people showed up and were like, yeah, you don't even know any other letters than K. And I'm not with stupid. (laughs) Afterwards, some people said I was wrong to counter the KKK protest with one of my own. They said it would have been better if I had just ignored them. But from my experience dealing with hate groups, I can tell you that ignoring them is not the best strategy. Listen, Linda, listen. Threats that get ignored don't go away. They fester. They gain momentum. And soon that little problem you once casually disregarded has turned into an enormous one you'd never be able to forget. Why the fuck is Rachel Dolezal talking about herself? Anyhow, chapter 21 is called Raising Black Boys in America. And I officially can't. <laughs> Patreon.com backslash single simulcast. Pay us, motherfuckers. T. Please pay him not to read anymore. This shit. <laughs> I have to finish it. I have no, to. you don't. You don't. Like, Patreon supporters, voice your opinion about reading this nonsense any further. Actually, um, the majority of Patreon members are like, yo, we love the Book of Lies. Yeah, they do like it. Uh, so shout out to them. Come on, man. I need y'all to step up. and um, What you need yeah, is yeah, I need people with I need y'all to say I'm not with stupid. Come on, stop that. What? It's just... It's, <laughs> We're not what stupid the person who wrote this fucking book. How many that, chapters that, that, are left? Uh, let me take a look. Hold on one second. You know what? It doesn't matter. Like, please stop reading this. Okay, okay. so it's okay. 
Cheer up, camp. Cheer up, camper. Cheer up, Charlie. (laughs) Life's got you down. Even though you know Rachel Dolan's always still in town. Okay, we're about to be on chapter twenty-one. Let's see, table of contents. Like I thought you said it was thirty the last time I asked, but I'm trying to make sure. Uh, yep, there's thirty. <sighs> so we're more than halfway there. Yes, we are. We are literally sixty percent of the way. Living on a prayer. <sighs> T, we'll make it. I swear. I swear yes. too. <laughs> T, got any shout outs? And again, plug your show. Things of that nature. Uh, uh, shout out to the rest of the team skim that's uh, Tatum216 the real ODP Lunchbox2099 that's the rest of the team skim I am of course the MS Tayro713 T-A-Y-R-E-L 713 our show is stage crunchy in milk it's a comedy culture kind of chat kind of discussion kind of dilly and uh, we it comes out every week on Thursday I have a music show called a podcast it is a difficult show to make because I'm the one who have to edit it. It does not come out with any kind of frequency, but it's there. It's always there. I, I, I keep it up on, a, on, on. I keep them lips and bills paid, so you can always get to it. And it's uh, it's pretty dope. So I, I give you that. And uh, there you go. That's who I am. <laughs> Scar. Tommy used to work on the docks. <laughs> <laughs> Now that's, that song is in my head. It's not going to leave. Um, it's after midnight. I'm like halfway asleep. Like it's, I mean, that book is just ridiculous. Like, please stop. I'm supposed um, to play Destiny, man. I know. <laughs> man, I'm, I'm, we can't, we can't talk about Destiny. Not yet. Anyway. Um, yeah. Um, you know, just follow me on Twitter, Scarfinger and ask me all the questions there. I can't answer any right now because I'm halfway asleep. I'm halfway asleep. <laughs> we just don't care. Oh, hmm. nigga, you actually, nigga, you knew what you were getting into. I know. Mm-hmm. It's just it's, if anybody else like, didn't know, you knew. It's like it's late, and I worked every day this week, and you tomorrow know who else has us. No, I've worked every like I, I'm supposed to work five days a week, but I've worked this tomorrow will be my six day straight, and it's just like, bruh. I only work one day this week, but that's just me, you know. I'm a stay at home mom, so I got that. Was, going. It, I got it, was that. My, it was my birthday yesterday, so I took some time off. Plus, we had Labor Day, so oh, happy birthday, my Virgo brother! Thank you, thank you. And and you know, I, I feel that because I mean, I worked hard from like. 6 till 8.30 this morning and then I tried to get uh, into the next league in Clash Royale. <laughs> really? Yes. <laughs> I'm, training, I'm training my replacement so that's fine. <laughs> no, I'm getting an upgrade. He's, fa- he's, he's where I am now and uh-huh. I will be upgrading soon. So that's awesome. Congratulations! Yeah. Well, thank you. It was it was supposed to happen already, um, but they had a hard time um, trying to get people because they don't pay much. So, uh, but I, but I'm gonna be pay, I'm gonna be getting manager money, so that's gonna nice. be nice. Big up. 
Let me hold like five dollars. <laughs> Let me hold like ten, and I'll stop sending you the link to the Book of Lies. <laughs> no, because I'm gonna get it anyway because I'm attached to the single simulcast thing, and then I get everything that y'all put out, and it's just like sometimes. I can easily kick you out of the the. the you don't have to be an admin. No, you no. You want to be? No. You want me to be admin in case your ass get kicked off of Facebook again? Yeah, people be banning. Yeah, people people be snitching, dog. Like you gotta be careful about these motherfuckers snitching. Mm-hmm. So that way, that way you got somebody that can put your ass back in. I got Shante. No, she, she ain't gonna do it. You, they kick you out. <laughs> she can take over. She gonna take over. Be like, uh, he is my book. It's alive. mine. It's, it's mine. Single simulcast is mine. <laughs> she just looks at it. Go. <laughs> <laughs> it's Sam, who had to bounce. Uh, it was great ha- having you on the show. Shout out to everybody who listens to the show and shares the show. Thank you for all the reviews that we got um, in these last few days. Those are really awesome to read. And just keep rocking with us. Hit us on the Patreon. Hit us on Twitter. Hit us on Facebook. You know, we're here to to listen to your praise because we deserve it. <laughs> Hit us with your best shot. Shout out to Fire Away. Shout out to Lisa Loco. Uh, shout out to the Black David Hasselhoff, Anthony Davis from the uh, Forget That Yo podcast. Uh, shout out to the inimitable, unstoppable Bacon from Ad Space uh, from Unreasonable Fridays. Um, shout out to Matt Smith, uh, who is the owner and purveyor of B Squared. Uh, computers and his beloved wife Rachel. Uh, shout out to Corbin Blake, uh, who used to do Bur- the Burberry Jones podcast, and still needs to get Michael uh, Conley to sign on to our Patreon. <laughs> uh, shout out to Kendrick Merck, uh, who's one of the best independent rappers out here in the Sacramento area. Uh, shout out to Anna Lee, uh, who's just a terrific fan. And uh, shout out to everybody who's currently writing reviews. The more reviews we get, I don't know what happens next. It just looks good. I like them. Let's keep them going. Uh, this single simulcast episode 260. Um, seriously, y'all. The Book of Lies is a hard thing to get through. I'm glad y'all are rocking with us. Thank you so much. We appreciate you. Everybody be good. We out. Peace. Please pay him to stop. Or <laughs> people faking their death. Shit, we forgot about that. (laughs) This is single simulcast. Don't know by now that you slipped.